0: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: What it really boils down to is success rates are at 10% for archery elk hunters. But when you look at that, that means 80 to 90% of the elk hunters who buy an elk tag or license every year don't fill that elk tag. Being brilliant like I am, I thought, well, it's on elk hunting and education, so we'll call it elk 101. You know, I, I get emails and hate mails from the other crowd that says, why are you sharing all this with people? Well, it's going to ruin elk hunting. Everybody's going to be successful. Right now, they're absolutely consistent and probably the best diaphragm call I've ever used, So, because nobody goes out and elk hunts without making mistakes. And I've been doing it for over 30 years and it amazes me every season how many mistakes I still make just that there is no thrill that I found in hunting like calling in an elk this is Corey Jacobson and you're listening to Living Country in the City episode 21
2: y'all ready for your dose of flyover state spirit Straight from the concrete jungle, Well, put down your latte and pull on your boots. It's time for Living Country in the City. Hey, y'all, thank you for joining me for episode 21 of Living Country in the City. Okay, y'all, I'm super excited about today's podcast because I get to sit and learn from the man himself, Corey Jacobson. Now, if you all haven't heard of Corey, then you must be new to elk hunting and you must be very new to my podcast because this is the nine-time elk calling world champion, the guy behind the University of Elk Hunting online course, and really one of the foremost experts when it comes to elk hunting. He's got some really exciting stuff going on right now, and you'll want to hear what he's got to say, so let's get to it. Corey, thank you so much for hopping on the line with me today. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. So, you know, I find this a little bit hard to believe, but you know a lot of my audience are new hunters, so there may be some people out there who don't know who Corey Jacobson is. Um, <laughs> so why don't you just maybe give me a quick background on you know generally your history with hunting and kind of what you do now? Yeah,
1: no, I just you know I grew up uh hunting here in Idaho, and it's, my dad was an outfitter, so it's been a, a way of life and a part of our family and and who we are for my entire life. And so uh, just a a regular guy who really, really loves elk hunting and calling elk. So it's been a passion since a young age, and I've been fortunate enough to be able to turn that passion into a livelihood. And it's led to creating a website called elk101.com. And that's kind of my platform that I'm able to share my passion for elk hunting with others on a, on a bigger scale. So in a nutshell, I'm just a regular guy who really loves elk hunting.
2: (laughs) Well, um, you know, anybody that's listened to the podcast knows that I am a huge fan of elk 101. Um, I'm a subscriber myself and I, you know, regularly promote it on our episodes. Um, and if y'all aren't subscribed to elk 101, you need to Get on that as soon as possible. Um, You know, if you're looking to really kind of up your game with elk hunting and become more consistently uh, successful with it, you've got to check it out. There's no better resource out there. Um, And, Corey, I guess we've got some new features coming for this year, right?
1: We do, yeah. So on elk 11com we have the University of Elk Hunting, and that's an online course that basically – It goes through and covers every aspect of elk hunting. So it starts at the very beginning. For those who have never even thought of elk hunting before, it'll step through what's involved in getting licenses and tags and how you can find places to go, the basic overview regulations of each state, which states have draw hunts versus over-the-counter tags, and all of that. And then it goes into a lot more detail for scouting, uh, learning to call elk, what to do after you get an elk. So it's, it's, it's a comprehensive, all-inclusive online course for elk hunting. And just to give you an as you know, Sam, it's uh, 120,000 words right now uh, split into, I think there's 43 or 44 chapters. Uh, I think there's 70 or maybe even more video components and then just hundreds of images and diagrams. But the the whole concept for that course is just to – increase knowledge and confidence in other elk hunters to give them a, a higher likelihood, increase their chance of, of success.
2: And one thing I want to say about the course that I really appreciate as a brand new hunter is, well, the course does get into some really technical stuff. You don't have to have a deep technical knowledge of, of really anything to understand. You take such a complex subject and such a a subject that requires so many different uh little bits of knowledge and you distill it down into you know the different modules and in a really understandable way and you know hunting we tend to make the bar to entry so high just and not just with the gear and that stuff but just with all the knowledge and stuff we need to know that you've really opened it up to new hunters uh in a way that i don't think anyone else ever really has
1: and honestly that was my goal with it because it is it's challenging and you look at what it really boils down to is success rates are at 10% for archery elk hunters your rifle might be 12 or 15% um, but when you look at that that means 80 to 90% of the elk hunters who buy an elk tag or license every year don't fill that elk tag. And those are daunting numbers. And I, you know, I, I look at anything I do, and if I've only got a 10% chance of success, I'm going to give it a, a fighting effort. But in the back of my mind, it's like, you know, I've got to overcome some really big odds here to, to be successful. And for a lot of people, that's just a complete turnoff. And they look at those odds and they're like, why would I want to go elk hunting? That's, I have no chance of being successful. <laughs> and then when you consider there are people who get an elk every year and the averages are 10%, that means for somebody new coming in who doesn't know what they're doing or where to go, uh, realistically their odds are are probably at zero, maybe maybe a fraction of a decimal. But uh, my whole goal with it was just to A, hopefully encourage and inspire people that, Hey, it's totally possible for you to go out and be successful, but then B give them the tools that, that will build their confidence so that they know that they can be successful when they go out, that they're prepared for it.
2: You know, and I'll tell you, we were kind of talking before the, we really started the podcast and, you know, I was just commenting, this is all I think about anymore. It's, you know, I, <laughs> I wake up in the morning and I'm, you know, thinking about either training for my hunt or, or doing some prep work or whatever it is. During the day, you know, I'm constantly having to close Google Earth because I keep finding myself drifting over to it and checking out glassing points. And it's, you know, the last thing I think about when I'm going to bed at night. And the, you know, I think about... Obviously, it's on my mind. You know, am I going to be successful in this hunt? And, you know, I know it, to some extent the odds are against me, but with, you know, this course, I feel so much more encouraged and I don't, I feel so much more confident, I should say, to go out and do this. Even knowing the odds, knowing that 10% number, I feel like, you know, I actually have a chance. I don't feel completely clueless. Like I'm walking out into the woods, uh, you know, with, without an idea of what to do. So it's, it's just super exciting for me. Um, I never thought this was something I could do in a million years. Now with, uh, the university of Elk hunting online course, uh, there's actually right now an extra bonus, uh, for signing up or renewing your membership. That's correct. Right.
1: That is. Yeah. We've got a, a really cool promotion going on right now. We've teamed up with our good friends over at Mountain Ops and we are doing a major elk hunt promotion right now. So it runs right now through July 12th and anyone who signs up for the online course. Well, let me back up. The promotion is uh, we're giving away a Montana elk hunt. It's an archery elk hunt September 18th through the 23rd of this year. And the winner will get to uh, go elk hunting all expenses paid. So travel, uh, license tags, all of everything's taken care of uh, for I think it's the five day or six day hunt in Montana. And I'll actually be going on that hunt and calling the elk for the winter. So, uh, really exciting. I'm excited to go and be able to to be a part of it. Mountain Ops has been very gracious and generous in, in being a part of it. And we have all of the sponsors from elk101.com have contributed huge. Uh, well, I can't give away all of the details, but it's a $12,000 prize package that will be given away uh, on July 12th or through July 12th, shortly after July 12th. And the way that you're entered is everyone who goes to mountainops.com and purchases any product, whether it's their apparel, the, any of the product, anything for $5 you spend, you get one entry in the promotion. So So you go there and spend a hundred dollars, you get 20 entries in that promotion. And the really cool part is if you sign up for the university of Elkhunning online course between now and July 12th, you'll get 75 chances in that promotion. So really, really good incentive there that somebody's on the fence, you know, this has been a, a pretty good nudge to push them off the fence.
2: Well, I definitely, uh, I definitely went and renewed my membership and, uh, we uh, <laughs> we did some damage to your servers there the other day. I know you were kind of scrambling to take <laughs> care of that.
1: I I can't figure this whole technology out. When we launched the course last year, you know we went through and really looked okay. Is our server robust? We're going we're expecting a decent amount of traffic here. We've done a good job of in our pre-launch getting ready, and man, we crashed it the first day. It, we couldn't keep up. I ended up <laughs> upgrading the server twice that first day a year ago. And I've upgraded again since. We have a, you know, virtual private server. We have, we've quadrupled the the RAM on the server, everything. And sure enough, last week when we, when we launched the renewals, we crashed it again. (laughs) So another upgrade to the server. We're, uh, we're up and running. We had a a really big email promotion go out today and it slowed the site down, but we didn't crash it. So I think we're safe at this point. I hope. Fingers crossed.
2: (laughs) Well, you know, I'll tell you, I've been working in, in digital marketing and making websites and and doing all of this for, I mean, probably 15 years now. And the fact that you're getting enough traffic to crash a twice upgraded site in, you know, under a year is insane. I mean, that alone speaks to how much people love the site and the efficacy of the content and and everything there that you've got that many people going to renew and subscribe. Uh, I think that really says a lot.
1: It's, it's been amazing. It opened my eyes several years ago. I can remember when we launched the website, you know, an elk one Oh one was just, a it was nothing. It was, it was a way I was doing a seminar for Cabela's and they asked me to do a two night class. And I said, I'd be happy to, but, you know, I, I need to get paid if I'm going to invest that much of my time to come down there. And they said, no problem. You can charge whatever you want, but you can't take money in the store. So their recommendation was just start a, a simple one page website with a PayPal pay here button on it and send people there and they can register for the class. And being brilliant like I am, I thought, well, it's on Elk Hunting and education. So we'll call it Elk 101. <laughs> simple little name and the PayPal pay here button on it and people signed up for the class. And pretty soon, you know, they were leaving a comment. And so we put a couple of pictures up and then a video of a hunt. And I can remember when the website, when we hit a uh, thousand views on the website, I thought, wow, that's really crazy. There's a lot of elk hunters <laughs> out there. And uh, last year, I think we were approaching 8 million views on the website. And so, yeah, it's, it's just really Uh, it's been amazing to kind of stand back and look at the growth and to see how many passionate elk hunters there are and how many people are interested in, in learning how to elk hunt.
2: Well, you know, like I said earlier, this was something I never thought I could do. Um, I thought this was for people that have been hunting for 30, 40, 50 years already and, the fact i still have trouble believing you know until i'm actually getting out of the car and and hiking off into the woods i'm i'm still not sure i fully believe that uh i'm going out to do this but it's it's an amazing thing and you know it's it's something that i feel like we can easily lose if you know we don't have people like you willing to really teach others and it's something that's not going to grow if we only count on people, you know, to pass it to their children because, you know, my folks were never opposed to hunting. They always were interested and, uh, thought it was a great thing, but neither of them hunted. And I, you know, I would not have been exposed to this if it wasn't for people like you and other hunters willing to put stuff like this together and share their knowledge and, uh, share their experiences. So, you know, Big thank you. <laughs> Huge thank you. Oh,
1: absolutely. And it's you know, like I said, it's it's a blessing to be able to take something that I'm passionate about and have a love for and be able to couple that with sharing it with others. And you know, I, I think in the hunting industry there's there's really two groups. There are the guys who are super secretive that don't want to share anything because it's gonna compromise their success. You know, if others are successful they feel it's gonna take away from from their success but there are a whole lot of hunters who love to help out other hunters and especially someone new getting into it who's passionate about and has the energy but really you know doesn't know where to start there's a there's a there are a lot of hunters out there that are willing to help out and i've uh you know i think part of my progression has been i, I went through that being you know the secret of i don't want to share what's going on because then somebody else will be able to do it and, I, at this point in my life, I get a thrill out of seeing other people succeed, and it, maybe it's because I have children and you know passing it on to them and being able to share what I've learned and the experiences I've had with them, and the feeling of seeing them grasp that and have that passion and then be successful with it—it's uh, it's contagious, and I just I want to share it with everybody I can, and you know I I get emails and hate mails from the other crowd that says why are you sharing all this with people? It's going to ruin elk hunting. Everybody's going to be successful and success is going to go from 10% to a hundred percent. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, I don't feel that's going to happen because elk hunting tough and you still, yes, the information's there, the contents there, it's going to increase your knowledge, it'll increase your confidence, but at the end of the day, it's still hard and you've got to go out and put in the work to do it. It'll definitely give you an advantage. You know, if somebody teaches you, from their experience, but at the end of the day it's it's up to you, and you've got to put in that work as as you know you're in the middle of that right now and preparing for it and it's uh it's a it'll it'll definitely occupy a lot of your time and a lot of your thoughts as you're preparing for it and don't think that once you go and and are successful that it goes away because i'm the same way <laughs> I was watching an <laughs> elk film this morning and was on google earth and <laughs> looking at pictures of elk that other people had emailed me and it's uh, it's something that i'm thinking about every day as well
2: hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in
0: bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are
2: waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline. Now, even more than just all these extra entries to this amazing Mountain Ops giveaway, all of the great content you have going on on the store, there's yet another benefit for those signing up for the University of Elk Hunting online course. And that is... uh, you're giving access, uh, early access to the new diaphragm call that you've been working on.
1: Yeah. So I started, uh, last November, I think working on a new diaphragm call. And, and so in full disclosure, my dad is Rocky Jacobson. He owns Rocky mountain hunting calls. And several years ago I went to him and said, Hey, I want, you know, I want to tweak a couple of these diaphragms and just make them a little better for me you know for my own personal use and through that process we came up with what we called the all-star diaphragm and it's become their number two selling diaphragm in the last three or four years and there was still a little bit more that i wanted to see and it's probably my engineering background i've got a degree in mechanical engineering that i think drives me to simplify processes as well as to improve processes and so I just, we've always struggled with consistency in the latex that they use in the diaphragm culls and you'll get one that's really good and then the next one isn't. And I just thought, you know, let's, let's go down that path of let's basically bring in all the latex as we can and test them all and find one that might be a little better. And so through that process, we have found a new latex and we're developing a new diaphragm call on that latex, and I was actually up at the shop yesterday and spent the whole day up there before driving back home, and we just went through and basically dialed that call in as as tightly as we could, and I've got a baggie full of 10 of them here, and I've gone through four of them, and right now they're absolutely consistent and probably the best diaphragm call I've ever used, so we're a, that was a long-winded introduction to it, but... <laughs> I don't want to just blow them out to, you know, the retailers and get them into all the big retailers right away and then find out, you know, down the road that, well, you know, latex could have been a little better. So we're only going to be releasing this diaphragm call to members of the University of Elkhunt team team uh, beginning later this month and then through their testing and feedback, make sure everything's good. And if it is uh, or if it isn't, we'll make it better and make sure it is. With a plan to launch it to the public in January of 2018.
2: Well, you know, I'll admit I'm super excited to get my hands on one of these because I've, you know, I've probably purchased. I, I think I might be missing one, maybe two, but I've I've purchased pretty much every diaphragm call that your dad makes, and <laughs> I, I keep finding myself going back to the All Star as far as like an all around diaphragm that you know i can use for everything you know definitely there's diaphragms that uh are are specialized but you know out in the field even i know that you don't want to have to be constantly switching things out and you want something that you can rely on in any situation in an emergency and i keep finding myself jumping back to that all-star so you know if you're saying this is an improvement uh you know uh head-over-heels improvement uh, on on the All-Star, I'm I'm super excited to see what it can do.
1: <laughs> you know, and it, it's, I wouldn't say it's a head-over-heels improvement on the All-Star. The All-Star is still a great, that's why it's called the All-Star. You know, it just does it all. It's, it cow calls, it bugles, it can scream a bugle, it can do a soft cow call. We've just really taken, it's a whole new latex that we've never used before. Uh, it's a black latex. It's got a different, uh, just different physical characteristics, the way it stretches, everything is different about it, but it, it, it's very similar in that it'll do all the cow calls, all the bugles. Uh, it's a little bit lighter, so it's gonna, it's gonna be easier for people to use, especially if they've never used one before. You'll be able to put it in your mouth and instantly make noise, uh, with it. And then from that, it's, uh, probably going to be a little bit easier to control, so I wouldn't say it's a beginner type call. It's you know the one that Dirk and I both used at the World Elk Calling Championships in March of this year. Uh, it's got incredibly realistic and and great sounds, but you couple that also with it being easy to use, and it really makes it a a good all o- a good good option.
2: Well, folks, if honestly if the content itself wasn't enough to get you to sign up for. The University of Elk Hunting online course, which honestly it should be. It's incredible content. You have so many more reasons to do so now. You need to get on this. Get these extra entries into the Mountain Ops hunt. I mean, a $12,000 hunt, a ton of gear. You will have, uh, what is it, uh, (laughs) nine-time world champion elk caller calling elk for you. Um. And you get access to the coolest fancy new diaphragm call coming out um, that has probably been, you know, I've been creeping on all your other podcasts with uh, with a couple of different guys. And I think uh, uh, everyone's been calling it the most tested diaphragm call in the world.
1: <laughs> Definitely the most engineered, I think. We've spent... You know, we're on seven or eight months, you know, working on this and we went through and basically procured every different latex. We could get our hands on different thicknesses and stretched them different, put them on different frames and just kind of built a matrix of these calls and narrowed it down to the one that I felt was, was the best.
2: Well, guys, you gotta you gotta get on this. Um, once again, I can't recommend it enough. I can't. I'm I'm probably beating a dead horse at this point, but <laughs> get on over to elk101.com. Um, do uh do I still have a promo code going for that? I'm not sure if I do anymore.
1: Uh, let's uh, if we don't, let's make one.
2: What do you want it to be? Um. Well, uh, I think up on the site we've got it listed as Living Country. Um, yeah.
1: So use code living living country, and it'll save you ten bucks, and it'll also get you seventy five entries in the Elkent promotion. And a whole lot of I mean, we've got a ton of other features. We've got the mobile app that's coming out later this month. You'll be able to download the entire online course onto a you know a phone, iPad, whatever you've got, any kind of mobile device. And that will allow you to take all of the content into the field without a internet or cell phone connection and be able to pull up videos and watch how to process an look in the field to just everything. It's going to be accessible at fingertips anywhere, anytime.
2: That's the one thing I remember uh, when I first started going through the course, I was sitting there and I'm like, this would make for the perfect like reference mobile app and um, <laughs> I just remember sitting there thinking like, oh, gosh, he's got to come out with one. He's got to come out with one. And so when I saw uh, you announced that you're going to be doing that, I was super excited. Um, and you mentioned you have uh, Randy Newberg, right, doing a couple of uh, couple of modules for you as well?
1: Yeah, so my background's is actually, I mean, I've rifle hunted a little, but I haven't. You know, a lot of people live for that post-rut late season rifle hunt in the high country or wherever they are. And I just, I don't have a a lot of experience in that and realizing that I could have written a couple chapters and provided some advice. But I want this online course to be the best of the best in every way. And so my good friend Randy Newberg is, in my mind, Uh, probably the best resource for late season type hunting that's you know that's his love and his thrill is that post rut late season uh, incredibly knowledgeable guy on the needs of elk in different times of the year and so he's creating an entire module on post rut and late season elk hunting and basically going to go through and talk about what the needs of the elk are different times of the year how that coincides with the different seasons and not only what the needs are but how to identify them, what the primary needs are, where you really need to be looking to find elk during all five phases of the rut. So yeah, super excited to be teaming up with him and having him create that module for the course. And that'll be available here later this summer as well.
2: Well, that's awesome. I'm looking forward to checking that out. I'm definitely uh, heading out for um, the beginning of the rut, hopefully uh, get some September archery in, but um Definitely, as my vacation days start to expand, I'm hoping to get as many hunts in each year as possible, so I'm definitely looking forward to that information as well. Um, But yeah, so really, speaking of elk hunting, one of the big things I wanted to talk to you about was, you know, last, gosh, what was it, two, three weeks ago, something like that, um, you know, uh, Black Ovis was putting on a a big launch event for the Sitka Sub-Alpine gear. Crispy was there, uh, Grady Bowman were there, and you came out and you gave an absolutely fantastic pres- uh, preservation presentation uh, that evening on really, I mean, a super broad subject, but just how to become a more consistently successful elk hunter. Um, and I really got a lot out of that presentation. I mean, you know, if you talk want to talk about just a... A beast of a subject to take on as broad as it gets you know how to become more successful um but you really did a great job of hitting some highlights and distilling it down to some things that people could really focus on and you know really without needing to go into the whole presentation you know i kind of wanted to maybe talk to you about me going in as a new hunter or people out there that are are really starting to get into hunting um what uh, what are some really high-level things that, that they should be focusing on? Maybe a few things. Really, if I want to go out and say I want to feel a lot more confident in my elk hunting, you know, what, what advice would you give these people?
1: You know, and, and like you said, that's such a broad topic. And in the online course, it's broken down into 43 chapters. So that tells you, you know, how many different topics there really are to to think about that contribute each one of them to success uh but at the end of the day you don't have to be an expert in any of the areas you know you look at everything from planning to scouting to gear to physical conditioning to calling and setting up and you know the list is there, there are a lot of topics and subtopics within that and to try to break it down and It would be really easy to get overwhelmed and so there is kind of a you know an overview i guess if you wanted to a mile high here are some key points to really focus on and you really have to consider the audience you know if you're a new elk hunter who's never been elk hunting before the things to consider and the things to focus on are going to be different than someone that's been elk hunting for five years that maybe has never killed an elk or someone who's been elk hunting for 10 years and has killed one or two but now wants to up their game and and be more consistent in their success. So there, there really are different areas to focus on, but I think if you were just kind of trying to touch on a little bit of everything, that every one of us, regardless of experience level uh, needs to focus on and, and can probably put a little more effort into, there are, I would say, three or four things to, to really consider. The first one is physical conditioning and I am probably the last person who should be talking about physical conditioning as a topic. <laughs> but as it relates to elk hunting, um, it's important. It's it's vital, you know, especially for someone who's never been to the, the Rocky Mountain elk hunting states. For them to show up here and realize they're hunting at 6,000 to 8,000 feet in elevation and the mountains look near vertical it's intimidating. And honestly, the elk travel those mountains pretty easily. And if we aren't able to travel those mountains with a little bit more ease than we could in January of the year, uh, the elk are going to have more of an advantage. So just being physically ready to be able to tackle the, the areas where elk live and to be able to do it for six to eight or 10 days in a row without completely breaking your body down and physically running out of steam uh, is, is really important and then it you know it pays off in in dividends when you're successful and you have to throw 300 pounds of elk meat on your back and make several trips to charter that elk meat out of the back country, you uh you don't want it to be a completely miserable experience it'll still be miserable but you want to be able to survive it and at least consider going back elk hunting again the next year <laughs> so physical conditioning you know it's just one of those things that regardless of how long you've been elk hunting, how good of shape you are in, you can always be in better shape. And I always say anything that you do right now that will increase your physical preparation or your physical conditioning uh, is going to make you a better elk hunter in September than you are right now. Uh, maybe another topic is failures. You know, we talked about the success rate being at 10% and I know for me, I don't like to fail, and after I get up a couple times and fail a couple times at something, it becomes a lot easier to just throw in the towel and say I'm gonna do something else. And failure is a part of elk hunting every single day. There will be failures, and if you let those get to you mentally, uh, it can it can really send you packing for home early, and your success rates drop even more if you head home early because you know mentally you're not able to to get up and go after it again. Uh, So I think just understanding failures and making sure that you're able to identify them, but then more importantly, to learn from them. And there will be things that are out of your control. You know, the wind's going to switch and go from right in your face to right at your neck and the elk's going to smell you and the hunt's over. And there are actually things you can do to maybe not prevent that, but to minimize that. Uh, But when it happens, you know, understanding what could I have done differently, what happened right there, Why did that hunt fall apart? Why did I fail this time? And taking action to to try to minimize that the next time is going to be important because honestly, experience is the best teacher. And being able to recognize things when they happen, yeah, you can learn that from an online course or from DVDs or whatever, uh, but actual experience is, is priceless. And recognizing those failures and correcting them is ultimately probably what leads more to success than anything because nobody goes out and elk hunts without making mistakes and I've been doing it for over 30 years and it amazes <laughs> me every season how many mistakes i still make. <laughs> and uh, it's just a part of elk hunting it's tough it's challenging it's difficult and there, there are going to be failures every day so
2: well, learning from those and at uh, at the beginning of your presentation, I remember you showed uh, a video, and it was what was it a Wyoming elk hunt, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, and so you know your your listeners can go out to YouTube and just search for "Elk One Hundred One Wyoming," and they'll pull that video up. And I'll make and sure to link to that
2: on my show notes page, which will be city dot com slash twenty one. Um, That's but I remember that video uh, was. I don't want to say wasn't a successful elk hunt, but there was definitely some <laughs> struggles in that, right? Definitely. And
1: that's that's what we wanted to do with that video, was highlight the struggles.
2: And and I think that's what
1: makes elk hunting so rewarding, is that it is so challenging. There are struggles. There are challenges. Even the, the easiest elk hunt in the world still comes with a whole plethora of challenges. And I really wanted to highlight that in the film, just that even with 30 years of elk hunting experience, it's not easy for us. We go out and we struggle just like everyone else every year. And, you know, I think we, we highlighted that in the film and I pointed out, I don't remember, there were five or six things that as experienced health centers, we still did that could have changed the game a lot sooner than it did and, and made us successful had we not done those things. With
0: threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever.
2: you know, one of the things I've talked about in uh earlier podcast is, you know, going out and obviously, you know, I would love to go take a uh, an elk, uh, you know, a bull, anything. <laughs> um, but what it comes down to is if I'm not able to do that, how am I going to measure success? Am I going to, you know, call that hunt a failure? No, but... I'm going to, if I go out there and I don't quit, I go out and work my butt off and keep pushing through, um, whether or not I take an animal, I'm going to consider that a success for my first hunt. And because I'll be able to look back and I'll be able to learn from whatever mistakes I make and take those and apply them to my hunt next year, and as long as I'm able to apply those those lessons, and I'm out and back and doing it again, you know, later in the year or the following year, whenever that may be, whenever I can go out on that next hunt, I'm going to absolutely consider that hunt a success. Now, that being said, I really, really hope I fill my freezer this year, but (laughs) um, either way.
1: Totally. And that's something I didn't mention. You know, we talk a lot about success and I definitely don't want to, create the definition of success or make them feel like if they come back without filling their tag, they've failed. Uh, You know, and it's not up to any of us to define success for anyone. For some, it might be just going and hearing an elk bugle for the first time. Yeah, that's absolutely a success. And, you know, some people might say if I go out and I don't shoot a 300-inch six-point every year, I've failed um but for somebody else just shooting their first bike would be the highlight of their elk hunting life and so yeah there's in no way am i am i trying to define success for anyone i think at the end of the day though where where i talk about failure and success is we're all heading out with a tag in our pocket so we have our our hope and our goal is to put that tag on an elk and so in that overall scheme of success rates and, you know, whether you fail to successfully tag an elk or not, uh, that's that's ultimately where I'm trying to get everyone to is to that point where they are confident and have the knowledge to be able to go out and successfully harvest an elk.
2: Well, um, <laughs> well honestly, I was uh, really distracted by just listening to you and kind of forgot, uh, that I was running a podcast. Um, so, <laughs>
1: but one, one more topic that, well, one more topic I think that goes into that conversation about, you know, the consistent success is calling and, and really I only throw that out there because that's my favorite part of elk hunting and just that there, there is no thrill that I found in hunting, like calling in an elk and just that vocal interaction to be able to communicate with an elk to be able to talk back to an elk and convince it that you're another elk and it comes into the setup uh for me that's the thrill of elk hunting i'm not a trophy hunter i don't major success by the size of the elk that i shoot and that i call in uh for me the the real success is that interaction of being able to call in a bull regardless of its size so um that's probably one of the most intimidating parts of elk hunting i think for a new hunter too is just having that confidence that you know do i sound like an elk when an elk bugles what do i say to it i'm timid to be able to communicate with that elk and i don't want to mess it up and so uh for me I, i really simplify that and calling for me isn't about a language that you're speaking to the elk it's more about the emotion that you're conveying through your calling and through that the elk are able to distinguish what you're saying and you know we really keep it simple all i use in my calling uh, sequence is a simple cow call Uh, i'll use a location bugle just to find the elk but as far as calling the elk in once i found them and and getting close and get set up all i use is a simple cow call and then a challenge bugle and all i'm doing with the cow call is conveying that i'm a cow that's you know looking for a bull that's lonely and hoping the bull will come in to uh to add that cow to the ham. And if that doesn't work, then I use the challenge bugle to convey the emotion that I want to fight. And I want to challenge that other bull uh to come and fight. And so keeping it simple like that really has allowed us in our hunting group to uh, be more confident in our calling, to not worry about every little sound that, that we make, or every little sound that the elk makes, and that simplified sequence of calling. Uh, is a lot easier to teach, it's a lot easier to instill confidence in others, and it's a lot easier to learn. And so for a new caller, keeping it simple like that and finding a sequence that I still feel is the most effective way to call in an elk, and it's the absolute sequence I use every time I step into the elk woods, uh, has been a big part of success, whether that means killing the elk or just calling the elk in. Uh, It's just exciting to see other people convey the story of calling in their first elk and he came into fifteen yards and was thrashing a tree and eyes rolled back in his head and slobber and screamed a bugle right at him and they were so you know shaken so bad and filled with adrenaline they forgot to even draw their bow or do anything. <laughs> that's that's a success. So I think calling is is another area where if they can focus a little bit of time in uh becoming proficient with that simplified approach to calling, it will uh it will definitely pay off in that success down the road.
2: Well, and I think one thing that I really appreciated you mentioning during that presentation is that you don't have to be at a world championship level of calling to be able to call in elk. You know, it's it's one thing you yeah, had to be able to replicate kind of this perfect elk call, but necessary elk themselves don't always call perfectly. (laughs) Each one sounds a little different. Uh, And,
1: And you don't have to call perfectly to convey emotion. You know, that emotion, it's the same as a person. You know, you think about a person communicating to someone. If you're standing across the street from someone a long ways away and you whisper under your breath, man, I really don't like you. It just doesn't carry the same, but you get in somebody's face and you scream that you hate them. They know what you mean, and, and it changes their reaction to the conversation. And elk are a lot the same. If you're back 400 yards away and you just let out this nonchalant little bugle, yeah, an elk might come walking into it, more out of a curiosity. But you get inside 100 yards of that elk, and you scream, you put emotion in there. You actually put your own anger in that call, and you insult that elk, and you scream at him and say, you get over here right now and let's fight. He knows what that means and he's been issued a challenge and you know they're filled with testosterone during that time of the year and that trigger trips and they come walking in looking to stomp somebody and so that you'll be know, able to put that emotion into it is is far more important than being a great caller and i've hunted with people who are not good callers at all but <laughs> know how to put emotion in and know how to hunt and they are successful every year and I've had people that could win a world championship on any given year that don't have that emotion and don't have that understanding of communicating with the elk that very rarely fill an elk tag. And so it's, you know, there's definitely, you know, I don't want to, don't want anyone to feel like, oh, I'm not a good caller, so I can't call an elk. Anybody can call an elk with just a little bit of practice and a little bit of understanding of how to do it. I guarantee that anybody can call in an elk.
2: Well I've definitely been been getting my practice in and I've been watching the videos on Elk 101 and actually watching a lot of uh the videos that uh, your dad has put out and um I uh scare the hell out of my neighbors and people on the street. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I in some places I kind of feel like the likelihood of somebody knowing what you're doing is a lot higher. Los Angeles is not one of those places you don't <laughs> you know I'm already walking around in camo one of these days i'm gonna put out a video i'm gonna get dressed in full camo i'm gonna have somebody on the l a metro and i'm gonna gonna sneak on the metro and just start you know with a bugle tube and just start belting out uh <laughs> bold bugles and see see how people react that would be I awesome. i have to might have to run pretty quickly. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, I bet you'd get some uh, funny looks. I know, just driving home yesterday from from my dad's shop,
1: I had the new diaphragm. I had my bugle tube, and I was driving down the highway just bugling. And then, you know, if somebody sees me, I'd bet ninety percent of them would know what I'm doing, and they'd laugh like I've done that myself. You, uh, you sit in rush hour traffic jam in L.A. with a bugle tube and start blowing it. and I bet ninety percent of the people are going to look at you and. wonder what's going on.
2: (laughs) Well, I have one of my coworkers. uh, You know, I interviewed him in episode two. Um, He he always talks about, you know, he was driving and he was in rush hour traffic, and there's a lady next to him that had her sunroof open, and, you know, he had his bugle going, and they were stopped at a light, and so he just rips a bugle, and she let off her brakes, ducked underneath her steering wheel, (laughs) and... (laughs) Um, was looking up like, what's this bird that's about to attack me (laughs) through my sunroof? Oh, man, Um, it's just, it's a lot of fun. It's, you know, it's, it's such a crazy noise that those elk make. And I'm so stinking excited for the first time I actually get to, you know, I mean, I've seen videos, I've, I've heard recordings, but the day that I get to hear my first, Elk, legit elk bugle in person and then hopefully you know get to see one screaming in my face I just I like I get my adrenaline pump in just thinking about it
1: um. <laughs> and it is it's, it's an impossible sound to describe you can listen to it on a dvd or on youtube or you know hear somebody else call but there is nothing in the world like an elk bugle and it's even more than the sound you it. I mean, you can just feel it thumping when they're bugling, and you can feel the just the power and the volume behind it. It's it's pretty amazing. And hearing one at three hundred yards is cool, but when you get one at twenty or thirty yards and he turns right at you and screams, it's man, it'll you'll never get that out of your system.
2: <laughs> well, Corey, um, if people wanted to find you and Elk One Hundred and One online, uh, where's the best places to look y'all up?
1: You know, we uh, we do not try to hide, so we have a lot of different ways that people can find us. If they just go to elk dot com, be sure and sign up for our email newsletter. Uh, we Everything that we do is communicated through that, so if anybody's on our newsletter, they're going to know whenever something's going on or something new is coming out or a new video or a new film is, is being released. Uh, and then be sure and follow us on Facebook and Instagram and uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've always got contests and giveaways and I've got some great sponsors who are very liberal with their gear and uh, <laughs> provide it for us to give to our followers. So uh, definitely, you know, we do a, a monthly Instagram giveaway, a monthly Facebook giveaway, and then twice a month, we or three times a month, we do big giveaways within one line course. Uh, I've got a rack full of all sorts of cool stuff, Yeti coolers and prime bows and Sitka gear and all sorts of, of good stuff. So wherever people want to follow us, uh, anywhere that they follow us, we'll be sure and share all the information that we can with them related to elk and elk hunting.
2: All right. Well, before we close, maybe uh, one final word of wisdom for somebody either from the city or a new hunter that's just uh, coming into this, looking at everything and saying, you know, that's super intimidated by all of this. Any any final words of wisdom for that that new hunter?
1: absolutely yeah anybody can do it it's just a matter of of making a plan and following that plan and executing it and when it comes to elk hunting you know again my philosophy is keep things simple and so focus on focus on what is directly in front of you if that's planning that first elk hunt or just planning a camping trip to go out in elk country uh it's it's absolutely in reach for anyone so don't let and apprehensions, or the feeling of being overwhelmed, stop you, hold you back, because once you do it, you'll uh, you'll wish you'd have done it ten years ago.
2: Well, Corey, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I know you got a ton going on, so I appreciate you uh, carving out a good chunk of time for us to sit and talk.
1: Absolutely, it's a pleasure, and look forward to doing it again sometime.
2: All right, y'all. That'll do it for episode twenty-one of Living Country in the City. There's a lot going on, so make sure you head on over to the show notes page at livingcountryinthecity.com/slash/twenty-one. I've got links to follow Corey and Elk101 on social, as well as the link to that Elk101 Wyoming video. So in just a couple weeks, I'm going to be heading on back out to Salt Lake City for the third time in about four months. I think I really have a problem, <laughs> but anyway, I'll be up at Snowbird for the Total Archery Challenge, as well as the Cam Haines Mountain Ops Trail Run. If y'all are going to be out there, make sure you drop me a line so I can get a chance to meet y'all in person. But in the meantime, stay country, y'all. Thank y'all for listening to Living Country in the City. Get show notes and check out
0: the blog, product reviews, events, and more at livingcountryinthecity.com.